Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for joining us in a brand new year. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning, everyone. And we're kicking off this year with another important guest. Bobby Hambrick wears the title Chief Autonomous Officer at Hexagon's Autonomy and Positioning Division, Autonomous Stuff. Thanks for joining us, Bobby. Yeah, thank you for having me. And Bobby, it's great to have you. We've been wanting to have you on here for some time, and it's really nice. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Bobby, the, the company you founded, Autonomous Stuff, has been really one of the pioneers in creating the technology needed to build autonomous vehicles. Let's start out, if you don't mind, with a little background. Open up that uh, backyard barn in Morton, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love telling I love telling the story. So thanks for asking the question. I think that my story is, is an inspiration for the countless of, of entrepreneurs that are out there in the world. But I want to start off by I... I'm completely humbled by being on this podcast because I, I believe you are, you know, a lot of people talk about the godfathers of the industry and they're thinking about Sebastian Thrun or Chris Rumsum or, or Red or whoever, but I see you and don't, hopefully you don't take this the wrong way. I see you as a grandfather of this industry. And, <laughs> and, yeah, I do take it the wrong way. <laughs> I mean, how, how many years have you been in, in transportation? It's incredible. Uh, and so your story is, 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 is amazing. Yeah, well, so I'm very happy to be here. And, th and, and thank you for saying that. But I, I remember the day we met. It was in Detroit. I think it was the first uh, uh, automated vehicle uh, symposium or something like that. What mm -hmm. was it, 13 or 12? What, 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 you'll have to remind me what year that was. But, but you were just starting out with your tabletop uh, describing your company, and, and I've loved you ever since. I, I just, really, I, honestly, I just think what you've done, what you were doing, how you were doing is just fabulous. Yeah, thank you for that. I, re I remember that moment, um, one moment in particular, we were at Stanford, and uh, and I had my one of my first demo cars that we just yeah, put that, together. That was, like, I on think, the, the next year or two years later. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, yeah. We literally put the demo car together on the drive. And I remember you taking a picture of, of you being visualized by the mobile eye camera data. And it was, a, it was a big day. It was a big moment for me. And yeah, I, I'll yeah, never forget yeah. that. I, I recall that very, very vividly. Uh, <laughs> yes. So go oh, ahead. Man. Tell, tell yeah, your so, story because it is, it is a really good story. Go ahead. Yeah, we have come a long way since that moment, that's for sure. So, so I think that, you know, I'm proof that a single founder uh, and, and even one from the Midwest can recognize a gap and, and, uh, and build a company and be successful. So that barn in my backyard was something that I had to do to reduce my risk. And, uh, and I literally founded the company, put it a barn in the back uh, and moved it to the barn in the backyard. I hired my first employees there. And that, that's where the foundation of autonomous stuff was built. And it was actually, um, it's a great story, but it's, it's an important one because that's where, that's where the entire company was created. And, and, uh, and we were a small family and, uh, and we did everything for each other and we spent a lot of time together. And, and that was the moment that, that I realized that, um, that, you know, that it's possible. 
And, uh, and, I, and I feel like, you know, a lot of startups get money and immediately what they do is they build these beautiful office spaces and that just drives me crazy. And, uh, and I had a different approach. Uh, and my idea was that I was going to completely bootstrap the company as long as I could. And I, and I did that until the day that we sold. And I was profitable every single month um, uh, in the meantime. I, so. I, 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 really, um, I, I really love that because, you know, when I started my company, ALK, in 1979 mm -hmm. or whatever, um, wasn't in the backyard, but it was like that. If you would have seen our first offices, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I am very proud that in 33 and a half years of that company being until uh, my wife and I sold it then, uh, you know, how much money we raised from the outside and that whole thing, you know, what we started with, you know, how much we had in our pocket. And exactly. We it all from that. And, and I knew that that's what you were doing. I wanted so much to invest in you. you I wanted to go up to you and I said, I want a piece of this sucker, but I, but, but I appreciated what you were doing. And, and I, 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 I I should have done it because I be, would have become rich guy, but you know, I'm with you. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, that's the way I think she just should be done. It, it, well, that's the way I did it. Um, and, uh, and I'm happy to see that that's the way you did it. I'm so proud of you for, for doing it. Yeah. Th thank you. As you know, it didn't come without uh, a big cost and I'm sure that we could have, we could have moved faster. Um, if we yep. had a bunch of money, same but feeling we, here, same feeling here. Yeah. Um, but it also could have put me on a different direction and, uh, yep. you know, who knows what would have happened. So, so I feel like, you know, I wouldn't have changed a thing, uh, along the way. And, and in fact, you know, I've done both. I've, I've raised money for startup companies and I, I've, I did a ton of my stuff and, you know, I still prefer to bootstrap it if I can. And I think that every company should do it, should, should think about that if they can. Um, but, um, but no, it only took a few years later and we had a headquarters with, uh, several buildings, uh, throughout Morton. Uh, we had an office in Silicon Valley, an office in China, an office in Germany and a super strong presence in Detroit. And all this happened within, you know, just a few years and, yeah. uh, and it was an incredible ride. Yeah. And, and even with the acquisition by, by Hexagon, uh, you selling to them, uh, you've maintained your presence even stronger, I suppose in, in Morton, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we, we continue to expand. We've hired, um, hired more. We have, we have incredible support from the local community. Uh, and, uh, and it's, it's really, it's really great to be able to grow within, grow a business in the middle of the Midwest in a small community and have the kind of support that we have from the local, from the local government and the local people within the community. Um, but it's not just more, and we are expanding all over the place. We open an office and a test facility in Ottawa, Canada, um, we have, uh, uh, you know, an office in Detroit we're expanding in and, and we're, we're expanding all over, the, all over the world, but, um, but I still call Morton home for, for autonomous stuff. Well, describe for the audience what you do, basically, what autonomous stuff is, is turning out. Yeah. So autonomous stuff traditionally um, has had always had the mission to enable autonomous driving. So lowering that barrier of entry so others can get to, to reach their autonomy goals as fast as possible. So as the industry became more sophisticated, we had to offer more sophisticated offerings. Uh, and it was a mix between products, software engineering uh, and services. And we became, became a, a globally recognized brand by supplying these automated driving research vehicles. Um, and we built well over, I don't know, hundreds of them, over 500 of them, and we shipped them all over the world. And that helped expedite the, uh, the, the movement forward towards autonomy. And, uh, and that was awesome. And since then, uh, so, and especially since Hexagon has acquired us, 
we've evolved that to not only enabling these customers, but also accelerating them to their deployment. And uh, so we've gotten a lot more serious about, you know, the way we're building software and, and the products and services that we're providing. Let's talk, take a look at uh, where things are today, Bobby, uh, here at the beginning of 2021, where this technology is. How do you see it? I mean, Alan is fond of, of saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Alan, that we're still in a sense when it comes to bringing out there, commercializing it at zero, just about. We're still at the beginning. I mean, we've, we've as I like, to, as we said yesterday in the, in the summit, uh, you know, we, we might have gotten the technology there uh, and we've certainly invested on the on the expense side of this business. We've yet to get anything on the revenue side, the revenue side, meaning delivering value to the uh, to the world at large, uh, to the mm -hmm. society at large. Uh, you know, we're 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 still at we're still very much at zero relative to where we hope to be. So, Bobby, let Tell us how we get get away, get started. Take that, really take that first step. Yeah, uh, I've always said this, even since I founded the company, that this is just the beginning. And uh, and even though we are decades into this business or or more, um, I still I, I'm right with you, Alan. We're still just at the beginning. I mean, look at Google. They've they spent over ten years, probably more than ten billion bucks. And how long is it going to take them to recover that investment? Right? I, I don't know. A very long time. And and but now what's good about the industry now, uh, I think everyone's realizing that it needs to be a real business and they need to be focusing on things that make sense and that make money and that provide real world solutions and solve real problems. And uh, and so everything is getting a lot more serious. And, and that's a good thing. Uh, and, and that's why there's a big shift towards trucking, right, because it, it makes a lot more sense to do trucking right now because there's a real business behind it. And uh, and I'm a big advocate of that. And. And for me, for 2021, uh, you know, Hex thankfully Hexagon is a, is a big globally global company, technology company. They're, they have offices in over 50, 50 countries worldwide, and they have this big portfolio of, of well-known brands and and companies like Novatel and Ancom and Leica and Intergraph and MSC, which was one of the oldest software engineering companies in the world that specializes in simulation. We have a, a division, a, a mining division that focuses on all connecting all parts of the mine for safety and optimizing workflows and increasing autonomy and, of course, autonomous stuff. And so so for me, when, as the business is getting more serious, we now have a lot of these pieces. And I'm a big, a big advocate of ecosystems. Not a single company can achieve what they're trying to do by themselves um, or they're going to fail or they're going to spend many billions of dollars trying to reinvent the wheel. And so... So I'm now, uh, I'm now in charge of an initiative that I call SAM, which is Smart Autonomous Mobility, which is basically putting together an ecosystem to help enable, accelerate, and deploy these technologies. And I think that that's the key, is that no company, most companies are realizing now that they can't do it by themselves. They need an ecosystem of partners. And, and these partners need to be serious, and uh, they need to take safety serious, and they need to build software based on the latest standards and et cetera. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, safety safety has to be taken seriously. We have to assume that safety, the floor is set. You cannot go below below it. It's got to be safe. It's got to be safe. It's got to be safe. Uh, and you still might have some things happen, uh, but in fact, uh, you know, those have to be rare, and you have to be able to uh, to uh, to address them. And so maybe you know, as we 
done in the past with automation. We sort of maybe have to constrain the, uh, the environment and where we do this initially. Mm -hmm. uh, and in some sense, uh, that's where that's where the, the commercial, the, the, the trucking pieces come in. Uh, there, in fact, because uh, in those situations, maybe we, we do have an opportunity to maybe deploy it where there aren't children running into the street playing ball. Okay, mm -hmm. there aren't bicyclists. You know, I mean, there's a reason when we built the interstate highway system that we put fences around it and said bicycles are not mm -hmm. permitted. Okay, why? Exactly. Because, you know, come on, you know, you're, you're not. Uh, so, uh, and so we still at the beginning, we, we had the opportunity to pick and pick and choose. But really, we th this technology has to deliver value. It has to deliver benefits. It has to deliver improvements in quality of life, so that people are willing to reach down their pockets and provide, you know, some money back to the, the whole darn thing. But exactly, but all that starts in really developing something that isn't just a fun test or hey, look at this great technology, da da do, da da da. But in fact, you know. Uh, pays for itself out there in terms of the value that it delivers. And I think that that's really what, what you have the opportunity to, to deliver now that you have all those other ecosystems around you to be able to, to, to uh, move it forward. Mm -hmm. Do you see any issue, Bobby, with the public perception? For instance, if you talk trucking and then you go to talk to some truck drivers, they're going to say, you're trying to take my job away. Uh, with the general public, there's a perception perhaps that, you know, wow, I'm going to have a vehicle in my driveway that can drive itself. Do we need to overcome a, a lot of the perceptions that are out there? I, I think yes, but I'm not worried about it. I think humans are insanely adaptable to technology. And, uh, and I think that we almost instantly absorb the technology around us without even thinking about it. Um, so, so yeah, there needs to be a huge emphasis on educating everyone and, and outreach to the communities. But uh, I think it's gonna be a very natural transition. And uh, a lot of people are talking about how it may affect you know, everyone, every individual and they, they may resist it, but I don't think so. I think that um, you know, as long as it's safe and it's ready, that um, that uh, you know, self-driving trucks are going to be everywhere around us, and we're not even going to not even going to know it or recognize it. It's just going to happen, and uh, um, and we will absorb the benefits of it. Sort of my my my, uh, my view on the on the uh, the trucking business. Uh, at least I was involved in the trucking business for a while, uh, another point in my life. But to me, to me, I think uh, at least at least for the long haul trucking. I think all the technology should be focused on improving the, the quality of life of the driver and making his or her job more, more livable. I mean, I, I, I still can't imagine how some people, you know, sit there and drive, you know, keep a thing between two white lines for 10 hours, 11 hours a day and night. Mm -hmm every day to feed their families. I mean, you know, to me, that is, oh, I, I, I could not do that, okay? I would have, you know, looked over here and I'd be dead, you know? <laughs> you, 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 you burp and you die almost, uh, you know? You, you, and, and those, I, even though they might think, oh, you know, hey, I can do this, how how quickly does that become old when you're actually doing that to, to, to feed your family? 
those, those people need help in that cab. They need support. They need to be able to, 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 to have, a, I think, a, a, a higher quality of, of work life. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's where I would like to see this technology focus first to improve the quality of life of the, the truck drivers, okay? Uh, so that more people would want to become a truck driver. I mean, why is there a trucker shortage? Uh, yeah, well, maybe they don't get paid quite all that much, but, but, but really it's because this thing is, I mean, I just, I can't imagine what it does to your brain, to your life to have to do that, to put food on the table. And, and so here we have this technology that, that really would like to have somebody supervising and helping it out when it's really tough, but when it's easy, say, hey, you know, you do it, you take over, you, you know. And, and, and you know, it's, it's bugged me to no end that in fact, you know, a lot of the people focus on trucking, don't focus on that. I know that if I was a CEO of a trucking company, you know, I would care about my drivers. I would care that they have high quality of life. I would care about making sure that, that you know they don't go nuts trying to do the job that I'm trying to do with it. And by putting a little bit of technology in that vehicle, I can accomplish that. Holy hell, the ROI on that thing must be like, you know, two days, you know, boom. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that approach? Or, or do you see, or is that already done? I don't think it's done, but tell, you t- talk to me about that one. So, so I lived that life actually. So my dad uh, was a machine operator at Caterpillar uh, for yeah. 40 years or something. He was laid off for five years and he had to still provide for us. So he yeah. actually took a job, long haul trucking yeah. for five years until he got called back. And I remember him coming back in the weekends and, you know, I lived five years without my father basically. And he would come back and he lost a ton of weight being on the road and, and he would smell terrible. And he was, he was just exhausted over the weekend. And that was, but that was a long time ago and it's different now. And I think that, I think that the trucking CEOs, um, the, the companies that are building trucks do recognize the opportunity. And I think not until recently ha- has the, the, the technology been accessible and affordable enough for them to take it seriously. Right. And uh, so, so I think that, you know, trucking industry has always kind of lagged, I think, you know, technology in general, because they follow the automotive industry or whatever, but I do think that now, you know, they are, they are very much looking at, at it and have recognized the opportunities. And I hope that they're focusing on the drivers to, to increase their quality of life. And, uh, and they undoubtedly are investing lots of money. And, and, uh, and I think that um, there's a bright future for the, for the, for the workers and the, uh, the drivers and the entire industry. Yeah, well, I, you know, I would like what I'm trying to do is is try to motivate you to to really focus on that because because in fact for the CEO uh, most of these in, these entities are self-insured. Uh, you know, they might have um, you know a rider from Unigree or something for for you know the catastrophes, but they're mostly self-insured. And in fact, you know, every Every uh, crash that, that, that you can, you can um, uh, avoid is actually just putting money in, back into the CEO's pocket that that CEO does not have to take out the top line to pay that thing, okay? And in fact, uh, you know, it's tough to get the numbers out of the trucking industry as to what all those things cost, but they're more than 10,000 bucks per truck per year, if not 20. 
Okay. And you, 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 or if not more, and if you start, you know, right there, just in terms of the cash held, mm-hmm. you have substantial business cases for not making them truckerless, <laughs> driverless, but just improve the, the whole, that whole uh, ambiance in, in that, in that, in that process. Of course, you have to do it so it doesn't insult the driver and it doesn't do the wrong things and doesn't do the, you know, you got to run up uh, behind somebody to be able to pass them and all the other sort of things that they do to be able to, to perform their maneuvers. Their maneuvers are substantially different than they are for cars. But, you know, what about all that? What about making a much, much stronger push in that direction? I think I think that the industry is going both ways, um, similar to what the automotive industry is. They, they're looking at the complete driverless routes in Arizona. There's long flat roads, uh, you know, that they can drive overnight. And uh, but they're also looking at, in parallel at increasing the quality of the drive itself for the rider. And uh, because undoubtedly there's going to be still as much or more demand of truck drivers moving forward. And, um, and uh, that's not going to change and autonomy is not going to replace drivers. So it, it, it will just make it more efficient in some cases. Um, in the meantime, we got to make it as comfortable for the driver and as safe as possible. And uh, hopefully they'll start integrating some of the features that we, we enjoy in the automotive world. And, uh, and I'm sure they are, and I'm sure they're working on it. Bobby, uh, you know, they, the drivers obviously are among the heroes uh, during this pandemic, keeping things going for, for all of us. Tell us how the pandemic has affected you and, and, and your business there. Yeah, so many challenges have, have arise because of the pandemic. And, uh, but for me, you know, business is like that. Every day there's a new challenge and uh, the pandemic was unfortunate, but I think we're used to handling situations that, that we weren't prepared or didn't expect to happen, and uh, and uh, and I think that you know any company that it has has a culture of progressing forward and embracing change and and uh, and and you know pushing forward. I think that you know these companies were successful through the pandemic because they they realized that it's it's another opportunity to to modify the processes to improve our efficiencies uh, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I say that, and we, we, we made a lot of tough decisions, but at the end of the day, we came out, um, we had a very successful 2020. And it's only because our company, you know, Hexagon is very forward thinking. Um, they embraced, embraced change. Um, specifically for me and uh, within the Autonomous Stuff Group, we were, we were affected mostly because of the, of the lockdowns and travel bans. We had a ton of business throughout Asia, Australia, Europe. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that business was required us to be on site, you know, putting things together, uh, and we weren't able to do that and it was instantly shut down. So we had to, to, uh, to take a hard look at how we handle that business. And of course we have adjusted and we've moved forward. Terrific. We'll be back with more, but first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the smart ETFs, smart transportation and technology ETF symbol MOTO. To get more information, head to MOTOETF.com. When you're at the website, look for the white paper. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs, you probably know, can be a smart way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. 
The site, once again, is MOTOETF.com. We're back to take a look at some headlines from the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter. On top, Hyundai stock soars on news of Apple Car Partnership. This is according to a report from Reuters, Alan. Okay. <laughs> okay, I guess, I don't know. I mean, we should package that one along with, I guess, what Elon uh, uh tweeted or whatever he did a week or so ago said that uh, he tried to he tried to sell to apple at one point and they turned him down so um whew, i guess i guess apple's looking to, to do number two where they they sorry they didn't pick that one up right i don't know whatever you would think so I waymo guess. waymo is going to stop using the term self-driving cars uh, yeah. they posted this week uh, favoring the word autonomous you must like that bobby uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean, you know when self-driving cars started started picking up i was like oh man maybe i should have should have had a different name but um but self-driving stuff <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but no i think we made the right decision and um and I'm not sure why Waymo is doing it, but I, I know that you know we have always used the word autonomous, and uh, uh, but it really means nothing. It doesn't really matter, right? It matter what matters is what you're building and, and what you're doing. Yeah, I guess that's the sort of the comment that I put in the newsletter letter autonomous. You know, one doesn't really know what that is, and I sort of equated it to them using Google, you know, as a name. Nobody knew what it was, and then all of a sudden, you know, they did something around that name, and now that name means what they're doing. So in some sense, they're out there, you know, they're they're basically going to going to define what auton what autonomous is. Um, you know, they, they really can't call themselves driverless because that's kind of a, you know, that's a negative, you know, the less part of driverless is a negative thing. So you don't want to have in your name something that, you know, right off the bat negative, you know, negative perception. So, you know, I guess, but I'm, sh I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of folks spend a lot of time thinking about what, what to do there and, um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so, that, you know, they're, they're building a software that they want to call the driver. Like, so all these yeah. big companies, right, are, are calling their software the driver. And I'm sure Google is just trying to transition their brand towards their, their Google driver or whatever. Their Google driver. And so they can't call themselves, again, driverless because they're building the driver. And they go out and try to explain. It takes 15 minutes to explain. You know, you got to have a LiDAR and a gizmo and a do-do and a da-da. So, might as well use this word autonomous that, you know, it starts with A, so you get a higher listing in the yellow pages. <laughs> I mean, I, I threw that one out there because when, when I created a company ALK, you know, I tried to, I, I went, I was trying to get something and somebody, they refused to give it to me because they thought that we named the company ALK so that we would have a, uh, uh, earlier <laughs> listing on the yellow pages. I mean, how many decades? I must be the grandfather of all this. Stuff. You must be. There, right. there are people scratching their heads. Yellow pages? Yellow pages. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, you know, some saw this move by uh, Waymo as, as a dig at Elon Musk and, and Tesla's full self-driving efforts. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's just to create buzz and Sunday supplement stuff. Well, Musk in the meanwhile is as you point out in the newsletter, at least for a time, surpassed Jeff Bezos to become the world's richest man, more than $180 billion. Whatever. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it, well, I, 
book. Uh, he's done a great job. We have to take our hats off to him for you know all the various things and so on. They've pretty much met their goal of uh, half a million cars in in twenty twenty, very close yeah. to it or just above it. Yeah, it's, it's hard know, to tell. What there? What are there? Thirty two million sold worldwide, sixteen or seventeen or eighteen in the U.S. So, you know, it's it's. But it, and they're it, making money now, which is which which is how money. I would define a, a successful business. They're making money, and I think I think one also has to look at, at all the other ecosystems around them that, that he's building. The, the the whole SpaceX thing is a non-trivial and, and enormous positive. Uh, all of that he's doing with batteries, and you know the the key to, to the electric car is the battery. <laughs> That's always been the tough piece. You know, you need energy uh, at the uh, as you're going down the road to be able to turn the wheels so that you move forward. So you have to figure out how to, have to get the energy there. Right? You put it into a to a container and and put you know liquid in there and then burn it, or do you you know stick it in something else that's that's there that you can pick out the electrons. I mean, that's that's the that's the challenge. And and so he's his work on batteries. Is, I mean, it's. There's a reason why he has the name Tesla in there. You know, the, the battery implications of of Tesla. So that's that more probably more than the electric motor. Well, Amazon, meanwhile, uh, Alan has purchased eleven used commercial jets, building up its air cargo capacity. And this is the first time that they're actually owning the aircraft, apparently. Yeah, and of course, you know, they intend to be in business for a while. So why should they pay some fees to somebody to, you know, to lease it to them? They have the cash, so might as well buy it. I don't know. Seems like a smart thing to do. But again, the amount that they're doing, and if you look at the, at the volume and get back to our trucking issue, the, the trucking system that they put together so that I can get my package out to my door. I mean, my goodness. And... Uh, the, the, as you sort of mentioned earlier a little bit, Fred, with respect to the the, the real um, uh, people who came through for us in this pandemic is the whole logistics system. I mean, the fact that we eventually got uh, uh, toilet paper to Costco so that I can get, you know, four lifetime supplies of mm -hmm. toilet paper, uh, you know, is, 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 I think, a... a a real um, victory uh, for the logistics system. And, the, 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 you know, if, if that breaks down and I can't get my toilet paper, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a non-happy guy. Well, well, when I found <laughs> it tough, uh, Alan, to get the, the paper from Costco, I, I turned to Amazon and it wasn't actually too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I go to Costco. Yeah. And I mean, I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went to Costco and there was a line out the door, and uh, I got on my smartphone and ordered it right away. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I know, I know. And it's it, look. <laughs> I even said to my wife yesterday. I said, you know, it's really nice now. I just go to the front porch, and, and there's a present for me every day on the, <laughs> every day on the front porch from Amazon. I get to open the package. I mean. <laughs> That's how part of their magic, doing, I think. How many people are doing that? How has that changed? What is the ramification of, of just that little thing? I mean, you talk about, whoa, they're going to be around for a while. <laughs> because I guess the point. 
and 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 Bobby, I mean, you know, that gets back to your comment with respect to uh, to uh, moving goods versus people. I mean, the goods movement piece is really the big opportunity for this. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, I I'm still waiting the announcement from Amazon. They they must be working on it. The, to, to do this, you know, between, as I'd like to say, uh, deliver it to my house. Yeah, sure, I'd like to have it in 20 minutes. But, you know, uh, I'll take it the next morning. And if they did, and between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., these roads are not used in Princeton. There are no kids chasing balls. There are no bicyclists out there. There's no other traffic that really, you know, deal with very mm -hmm. much. Holy heck! Deliver my deliver my Amazon packages. UPS yeah, absolutely. Packages. But, you know, I mean, it it to me it seems such a no brainer. And given that it has to be free, because I want it, I want it free. You know, then maybe they can almost deliver it free on the cost side. Whoa! How happy are we going to be with all that? How happy is Jeff going to be with all that? Mm -hmm. Whoa! Yeah, it's no doubt that's the direction that they're going. You can just follow the money and, and look at their investments and you can you can see that's that's where they're going. It has to be. They're not dummies. They they have this big element in their balance sheet that's that's how much it costs them to, to put it on my porch or get it to my house. You reduce that, where does that go? Mm -hmm. Pocket. <laughs> that goes right into your pocket. It has to be. Next step is next day delivery to Mars. <laughs> I think it takes too what long else are they to gonna do with all this money. Next day, but... <laughs> you don't want me to go there. <laughs> Although, man, his plan to go to Mars, when, when I first heard that, I said, boy, I'd looked at plans going to Mars for more than 50 years. It was, <laughs> holy hell, this is the way to do it. And he might, you know, anyway. <laughs> Well, Alan, the fourth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit is really underway now. Yeah. A great panelist session that was live uh, this Thursday and uh, a lot more to come. This was really terrific. Yeah, it was it was good yesterday. It was we it was a good discussion. We're having a great discussion here. I think uh, you know, it's really good. Uh, next week we uh, uh, we're going to deal with, uh, you know, again, the, the, the automated driver assistance piece of this thing, you know, what is really available in the, in the showroom today and, and what should be, should the OEMs be selling that they basically have in their pocket that sort of works? How do we get it to really work? And then where are we going with that? And, you know, to basically, again, help us help truck drivers. Again, the, the whole business of helping truck drivers, I, I don't see it said enough, okay? I don't see it enough in the Sunday supplements. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen it in the Sunday supplements. They all wanna, you know, everybody thinks you gotta do, oh geez, I'll have to send it with nobody on. <clears throat> I'm moving a 53 footer, okay? The stuff that's behind me is really valuable, okay? I think I can afford to put a steward in there. Okay, and I should be—I should look to making that steward more productive, happier, um, healthier, and 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 better able to feed their families. And I think one does that by going to the autonomous stuff. I agree. 
No, seriously. <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously. Well, the summit continues every Thursday at noon Eastern, and it's live uh, through mid-April. Bobby, we're going to have to get you involved with this at, at some point. Yeah, no, no I, yeah, I, I haven't approached you, but I, I'm coming for you. you know? <laughs> okay. I've been waiting waiting for your phone yeah. call. No, no, yeah, no, seriously. Uh, uh, you were involved in the last summit we was here. You brought your car out here. Uh, you had to go somewhere, and I was very angry that you had, couldn't show up in Princeton. Uh, next one we have in Princeton, you... You, we're we're gonna make. I sure want to. You're the, you're yeah. Here. Okay. And hey, we're we're gonna get back to it. Okay. This this can't last. I mean. Well, for, for now, for now, it's still very very worthwhile. The, these weekly live sessions, Thursdays at noon Eastern. Again, you can find more information about registering at smartdrivingcar.com, and you can also get information there about sponsorship. Bobby, we really want to thank you for being here with us. Uh, I guess the, the best site for more info is autonomousstuff.com. That's a good place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we try to, you know, sort of point, uh, point everybody to your monthly newsletters and so on. And um, anyway, really uh, appreciate you being on Bobby and, and, and I'm, I'm so proud of what, what you've accomplished and, um, and then so so pleased that I had the opportunity to meet you early on on all this stuff and sort of follow you and your success. So congratulations. I mean, I, I, I like what you've done and how you've done it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. I really do appreciate that. Thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. And you can find more info at MOTOETF.com. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com. Also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud. Amazon has us now too on Amazon Music in the podcast. Ask your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at Textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching and please stay safe. Thank you, everybody, and Happy New Year again. Yep, have a good day.